Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Hey everyone, Awakening, glad you're joining uh, today. And I believe that I've got a word to speak right to you, right uh, into your life. So for wherever you're watching from, your living room, you're at home, you're at work, you know, you're listening to the podcast, I'm glad that you are joining in. Because if you are watching, if you're listening, that means that you are seeking for truth. That means you are still pushing towards God. And I think that is a very good sign. Today I want to speak to you on the idea of the remnant church. And I'm going to, um, to highlight four thoughts, all from Scripture. In fact, we have a lot of Scripture today on this idea, how to have a real faith in a godless age. How to have a real faith in a godless age. And I want to encourage you, if you want to go deeper in your walk with Christ, uh, you want to learn more about the Bible, basic doctrine, I'd encourage you to go to awakeningyou.org, and you can sign up there for an account. It's totally free. Join a thousand other subscribers and begin to deepen your walk with Jesus. Right now, let's, let's dive into the word. Um, the title of my sermon today is The Remnant, and we're going to begin in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Here are the words of Jesus Christ. He says this. He says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide. And the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Jesus says, enter by the narrow gate. One more verse I want to read with you in Romans chapter 11. Then we'll pray really quick and and dive in. Romans 11, verse 5. This is an amazing verse. It says this, so too... At the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. There is a remnant chosen by grace. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, I ask right now, will you come, will you lead, will you teach? Be our guide. We open our mind to hear your word. I pray, Lord, you convict us and you reveal yourself to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have you ever uh, gone to a restaurant and you realize after a while that you are the last ones there. You know, maybe the atmosphere is so good. The food is so good. Who you came with, the the company is so good that you just get so into the vibe, so into the atmosphere that, that the meal, the time just starts flying by. And I've had some experiences like that. You know, I, I like it when at a restaurant everything lines up. Like the music has to match the mood for the food. You know, if you go to an Italian place, there shouldn't be pop music playing. There should be the Godfather soundtrack playing. You know, I need everything to line up. I need the lighting to line up. It's similar to my views at church. I'm into the atmosphere, you know. And there's been times where the atmosphere is so good, I don't even realize how quickly the time has passed. And pretty soon you look, you see the staff, they're giving you slightly judgmental looks, waiting for you to wrap it up and move on or go home. Maybe this has happened to you while you are shopping or you suddenly look around and you're the only one shopping and they make announcements on the loudspeaker, but no one's there. They're just talking to you from a passive-aggressive place on the loudspeaker and you are the last one remaining. This is what the Bible talks about, that in the end times, the church, the people of God are going to be like the last few remaining. In fact, the Bible even speaks about how when the world gets closer 
to closing time, the fewer numbers of Jesus followers there will be to be found. Difficult uh, faith will be difficult to find because faith that will last to the end has to be a real kind of faith, a faith that perseveres, a faith that is founded in Scripture, deep in God's Word, immovable by peer pressure, unstoppable by uh, obstacles in life. It's got to be a real kind of faith to make it all the way to the end. This, these people who make it to the end, they are called the remnant. The remnant. And I want to encourage you, if you have endured this last year and a half with your faith intact, with your hope intact, you are a part of God's remnant. You are a part of what God is doing in the end of days. And even if it might feel like more are leaving, the music is quieting down, I want you to know, persevere until the end. For in a moment, the trumpet will blast. In a moment, Jesus will arrive. And will he find faith, Jesus asks. When I do arrive, will I find faith waiting for me? Today, I want to talk to you about how to have a faith that keeps you in the remnant of Jesus Christ. Well, well what is the remnant? Uh, for, for our discussion, I want to define it as this. The remnant are those who confess Christ and walk in his way despite the circumstances of life. The remnant are those that confess Christ and walk in his way despite the difficulties, the valleys, the obstacles, culture, the times of trouble that they will inevitably face, that we all will face and, face. and yet those who choose Christ remain unmoved. They are the remnant. Right now, the reality of our situation is the remnant, the way of the remnant is diverging from the way of the world. There is a crack forming between these two groups, and, and this crack is growing larger and larger and larger. There used to be really no way to differentiate kind of between good people and God's people, but now more and more so as the day approaches, the distance between what the world defines as good and what God defines as good is growing further and further until eventually we will not even see eye to eye on most things. And, and this is the moment right now as the crack is appearing that I want to encourage you as a shepherd, as a pastor, as someone that's seeing what's happening in culture, now is the day to choose. In fact, I think right now Christians, you and me and, me and, and those of us that are interested in following Jesus, we are at a crossroads. Make no mistake about it, we are at a crossroads between church and culture. The way of the master and the way of the world. And we are having to make many different choices that will have great ramifications going forward in our lives. Our choice is will we become comfortable in conformity with culture or will we become radical disciples dedicated to Jesus Christ. This is our choice. If you choose to be a Jesus follower to the end, thoroughly, through and through, you will join into the remnant church. You will become, you will get a remnant type of faith. But make no mistake, a careless faith will not survive. An apathetic approach will not survive what's coming. 
you must choose today whom you will serve and serve fully. Four qualities of the remnant church. Four qualities of the remnant Christian. Those of you who will have faith that will make it to the end, you will, you will show, you will personify these four qualities. The first is the remnant are chosen. Don't forget what Paul says. He says the remnant are chosen by grace. That grace came after you, found you, pursued you, chose you. The remnant are chosen by grace. And what is grace? It's undeserved, unmerited favor from above. Grace is the free gift from God. In other words, we don't get prideful out of the fact that our faith is surviving. We know it's only because of God's grace that we have faith in the first place. It is because God's grace that he overlooked our many sins, mistakes, failures, foolish thinking, and yet chose to love us, to know us, to redeem us, and to forgive us. The remnant they are chosen by God. They are graced by God. The remnant, you, were chosen. I want you to think with me for a moment. I want you to remember with me. I want you to remember the miracle of God choosing you. Remember the process of how he went about it. Do you remember who you were when God chose you? Do you remember the moment you realized that you were chosen by God? Do you remember... The, the person that God used in your life to speak to you? Do you remember who they were? Do you remember what they said to you when they began to be a witness to you, when God put them right in your path? Who did he use? What, what did they say? Do you remember your choosing? Do you remember what God released you from? Maybe for some of you it was an intense grip of addiction. Maybe it was the fear of man for some. Maybe some of you grew up in the church and were good, but you didn't have a revelation of who God was. You never, you never tasted and saw for yourself. Do you remember your moment, your miracle of God choosing you? Do you remember the moment you had a realization of God's grace? When all of the sudden you saw yourself for who, who you really were? You saw God for who he really is. You realize how incredible that love that, that spans the distance of time actually is. When it went from a dead religious ritual to a very real and vibrant relationship, do you remember? I want you to know that moment, that God, he's the one that chose you. And make no mistake, God chose you. Sometimes we can think after we've been saved for a while, that we're the ones that are doing what's right, that we're the ones that are the chooser. I found God, and I chose God, and I sanctified myself before God. And in reality, without God, we could not even know that we needed God. It was all him from the beginning. All those incredible, miraculous moments where our lives were saved, that was God. When people spoke to you and, and, and brought you one step closer to church or to a conference, to the word of God, that was all God designed. He came after you. Why? Because he foreknew you and he foreloved you and, and he desired to have relationship with you. A relationship that would not, 
would not be dependent Sunday to Sunday. That wouldn't be dependent on what's happening in culture. That wouldn't even be dependent on your emotions. In fact, it's not dependent on you at all. It's completely and totally from God. Grace chose you. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Jesus tells us, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. When everyone else rejected you, God chose you. When you would have rejected yourself, God chose you. This is how good he is. You know? And I love that he even says, and I chose you to bear good fruit. Because, (laughs) this is a corny dad joke, because you were a bad apple. (laughs) It's a stupid joke. You were one of the fruit at the, at the grocery store that you would pick up, you would look at, and you'd say, no way. This, this is not what I want to be consuming. You would have put yourself back. But God looks at you, he looks, and he says, I can work with this. But more than that, I'm going to clean this up. I'm, gonna, I'm going to restore you, and then I want you to go reproduce good fruit. In other words, what will come from you, it's not based on your past, Not based on who you were, but it now is based on Jesus Christ. He loved you. He redeemed you. He restored you. And now he says, now go and bear Christ in you. I love that Jesus tells us, trust me, it was not because you were any good. It's because I was good. And I chose you. And I did more than just choose you. I appointed you. I've given you authority. I've given you purpose. He's a good God. So, so what am I saying? I'm saying that you are part of the remnant chosen by God, and I hope that causes you to live gratefully. Live gratefully. After knowing that you shouldn't be here, that, that produces a certain kind of life. Not one that's angry, bitter at everyone, frustrated, confrontational. No, no, you know I I was the one that should have been passed over, but for some reason God came after me. Now I'm going to live from a place of gratefulness. And I think gratefulness leads to godliness. I think gratefulness leads your mind to begin to glorify God. Like you can't be grateful to God and live in a state of frustration and bitterness. As you begin to be grateful, it begins to create a lifestyle that glorifies God, a a mind that is set on heaven, words that reflect God, thinking patterns that are filled with joy and and, and contentment because you're just grateful to be here. You know it's only by grace. I didn't deserve this. I didn't work for it. I didn't do anything that could ever even get me here. I'm just here. I'm part of the remnant because God's good. And now that produces a certain kind of speaking, living, decision-making process. The second quality we see in the remnant church is that the remnant are refined. First, the remnant are chosen, and then the remnant are refined. We see James writing to the people in Israel, and actually he's writing to the people in in Israel that are in dispersia, that they're all over the different nations. Essentially, you could say it like this. James is writing to the remnant of Israel. And this is what he has to say to the the few that are remaining through difficult times, through hard challenges, that have faith in the midst of 
an antichrist culture. He says this. He says in James chapter 1, this is right at the beginning. He says, so count it all joy. First thing he says right off the bat, I want you to be joyful, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that testing of your faith produces steadfastness. You would think that he says count it all joy because you're not going through any trials, because it's not difficult, because you're just blessed, bro. It's easy. That's not what James says. He says, no, count it all joy even when you're going through lots of different trials, testings, some politically, some spiritually, some in your body, some in the community, some in your finances, various trials of all different kinds, but count it all joy. Be grateful. Be, be happy about this. Why? Because God does not let the pain go without purpose. God is the great transformer, and he transforms the trials into something. Faith. In fact, a certain kind of faith. A faith that produces steadfastness, stability, conviction. A, a faith that produces strength. In other words, God did not save you just to keep you. He saves you to strengthen you for the time that you are here on planet earth. The remnant go through a process and that process refines them. And, and I want to tell you this today. If you are still here on planet earth and you are still hopeful, here's the truth. You're unstoppable. You're unstoppable. I want you to know this. If you're still here after this last year, you are unstoppable. You need to give yourself some credit. You are resilient. You are growing strong. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're going to church, if you're, if you're pursuing Jesus, I want you to know you are mastering your motives. You are mastering your emotions. That you are mastering even your mind. Because if you are just going to go off your emotions or your mind or your old self, your old thinking patterns, you would not be listening to this sermon right now. But the fact that you are, I think, points to the fact that, yes, you're going through various trials of all different kinds, but steadfastness, strength is being produced in your mind. Your way of thinking right now is stronger than it was 18 months ago. Your faith is more robust and real right now than it was 18 months ago. I, I want you to know, even if you say, well, I, I screwed up and I struggled and I'm, I'm just now coming back, okay. You're going through a valley, but you are going to come out of this valley, I promise you, because God is refining you. The enemy wants to come and lie and say, oh, because you're going through trials, because you're going through difficulty, that means that you don't have enough. You're not strong enough. You can't make it. To young people, he wants to lie and say, you've got no future. It's hopeless. It's no big deal. It's, it's, it's purposeless. He wants you to turn you cynical. To parents, mothers out there, the enemy might want you to even speak over your own life words or phrases like, I'm at the end of my rope. I can't. I won't. It's not possible. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me plainly. I'm going to say it. James is saying it. No, you are strong. You're being made to be steadfast. God is birthing a deep faith in you. Count it all joy because these trials will not destroy you. You're still here. 
you're still hopeful, you're unstoppable. You're unbreakable. There's more to go. There's more to come. But I want you to know it will not overcome you. You're going to overcome it by the presence of God. I hope you have this realization. Your current position is proof of God's protection. Your current position is proof that God is not done with you. And I want you to know what's coming next. No matter what the enemy means for it, God's going to turn it and use it, I believe, to bring awakening to you and through you. Let me show you this verse in Romans 13. And do this, understanding the present time. Know what's going on. The hour has already come for you to awaken from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. You're drawing closer to God. You're drawing closer to eternity. You're drawing closer to heaven. I always thought it's interesting how in the book of Revelation, it ends by saying, even so, come Lord Jesus. After a whole book of trials and difficulty and tribulation, John, the writer, says, even so, even if it's difficult, come, Lord, and come quickly. I never understood that until I went through some tribulation in my life. And now I realize this earth has nothing for me. It's good, but it's not God. No, the hour is drawing closer, and I say to that, even so, come, Lord Jesus. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of life. Like, look at, look at this. Put aside the deeds of darkness. Put aside your old self. Put aside foolishness and put on the armor of light. Put on the nature of Jesus Christ. Put on the way to think rightly, which you learn by the word of God. There are some things you have to put off. If you're going to be a part of the remnant, you're going to go through the process of being refined. There are some things that you got to put off. But there are also some things that you need to put on. America, our nation, has gone through moments of refining before. I want you to know this is not the first hour of difficulty that our people have had to pass through. America has gone through refining fires. And you know what? It's come out better every single time. And I know that that is what is going to happen this time as well. I mean, think about it. The seeds of independence were refined by the fires of the revolution in 1776. The seeds of repentance were refined by the Civil War. And now we're in the seeds, I believe, of revival. But those seeds have to be refined by a sifting of the church, by a purging of the culture of the world, that has found its way into the church, found its way into our, it's found its way into our music, it's found its way into our leading, it's found its way into our relationship, it's found its way into our children. God says, come out from among her. I don't want you to look like the world. In fact, a church that looks like the world doesn't look like Jesus. Because if you look like Jesus, you look radically different from the world. So how does God get you back to himself? He says, I'm going to refine you. I'm going to let the trial happen, but it's not going to kill you. It's going to draw you closer to me, closer to truth, closer to my word. And I believe the seeds of revival are being sown in our nation right now. Even as many churches are closing, even as many people are abandoning, abandoning the faith. You know, this pandemic took many lives. 
but it's taken many people's faith as well. It's taken their boldness as well. It's taken their hope as well. And I want you to please hear me today. I believe that God is going to restore what was taken, but he's going to do it through the remnant. Revival will come, and it's going to come through the remnant. In fact, I believe that the remnant will lead the next revival. I didn't say experience. I said lead. I believe they will lead the next revival. God is looking for those that will stand on their convictions and not enter into the subculture that's grown around the church, the Christian industry. It's been so cool to be a Christian, especially if all your friends are Christians. It's been kind of easy. You know, like we're a Christian nation and churches have gotten so cool and it's kind of been like a being involved, like some people have like a, a country club they're a part of and other people have churches they're a part of and it's just been, it's been cool and, and churches have gotten so cool. Our music's cool and our merch is cool. Everything about us is so cool and then when it gets real, we realize what really matters. I think those that are going to lead the next revival are going to be people that stand on convictions no matter what the subculture says or does or the culture at large says or does. I hope it's young people. I hope it's young families that say, even if it costs everything, even if it costs everything, I'll pay the price because I'm going to be a part of the remnant. Think about what Paul says. He says, I count it all as lost. Everything else is lost as long as I know Jesus, as long as I stand for righteousness. That what true wealth is. And I think as the darkness grows darker, the light will shine brighter, but the light has to not be afraid to stand out. The light can't be peer pressured. The light has to put off some stuff and put on some stuff. The remnant must be refined. The third point from the remnant church is this, the remnant are reserved. Think of even what we've kind of gone through as a church the past year, everyone that I've been preaching about are essentially remnants. Gideon had his 300. That was a remnant of the fullness of the army. Hezekiah had his exiles returning to Jerusalem, just a small portion of the people who once lived there. Elijah had his 7,000 that refused to bow their knee before Baal. All of them are remnants. Here's why. Because God always keeps for himself a group of people to show his might through when all else looks lost. God doesn't need for there to be overwhelming numbers. He doesn't need for the odds to always be in his favor. That's why God works through remnants. I mean, even if you go to the cross of the few disciples, of the thousands of people that were, that were impacted by Jesus' ministry, of the hundreds of followers, of the 12 disciples, we find three people at the cross, a remnant. Why? Because the way is always going to be narrow. It's always going to be difficult. There's always going to be fewer people walking on the way that leads to life. This is what we see from Old Testament all the way through New Testament, that God keeps for himself a group of people to show that even when it seems like it's over, it's still not over. And even then, still not over. Think of 
Think of great groups that leaders have kept for themselves in times of trouble. I mean, if, if you look at it from a, a war context, you think of Napoleon's old guard that he'd keep in reserve for the heat of battle. Or, or Xerxes had the immortals. And Julius Caesar had the famous 10th Legion. And it's said that he chose everyone in the 10th Legion by, by himself, that he chose who from the best of the best was, going, was allowed to be a part of his 10th Legion. Their training was unbelievable. Their loyalty to the emperor was unlike anything the Roman Empire has ever seen. The 10th Legion would charge in against incredible odds, and they turned the tide of many different battles because of, uh, of their loyalty to their king and their emperor. Napoleon had his old guard, and Xerxes had the immortals, but Jesus has his church. Jesus has his church in reserve. He has the remnant in reserve. And they are set, chosen by grace, redeemed by God, and he will use us strategically when he deems so. And I believe that the time is coming where God will unleash the church. Because understand, it's the church that Jesus comes back for. And, and, and you got to know this. The Bible says he comes back for a glorious bride. Not a beat down, weak, broken bride. No, no, he has a remnant reserved for himself. And he's coming back for a glorious bride. Strong in, in their convictions. Strong in their love for God. And I even believe strong in their will to fight for truth, for justice, for what is right even if the odds are stacked against them. I was thinking about chess. When you play chess, you have lots of different pieces on the board, but everybody knows that the most important piece on that board is the queen. Queen can do what almost any other piece on the board can do. And the queen is there to protect the king, and the queen is there to uh, be able to cross the board and Strategic, be strategically deployed in certain areas in order, in order to win the contest, you know. I think of the bride of Jesus a lot like the queen on the board. It's not weak. It's appointed. It's strategically deployed. It's set by God to win the match. Even if it seems like many of the other pieces are off the board, God really only needs his church. And to continue this illustration... You know, what's interesting is even a little pawn can cross to the other end of the board and become a queen. God can use anybody. But when you enter into the church, redeemed by God, join the remnant, you begin to make yourselves useful in the most powerful army the world has ever seen, greater than the 10th Legion. It's the army of the Lord. And God is here to use this remnant in a way, I believe, that will bring revival and shock the world. I want to read this verse to you out of Psalm 91. Quite a few verses, actually. Um, so powerful. I'm going to read the first uh, section of Psalm 91 next week and preach on it. But Psalm 91 has these promises from God, promises of resourcing and protection for the remnant. He says, because he holds fast to me in love, this is what I, I will do. I will deliver him. I will protect him. Because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. 
I will satisfy him, and I will show him my salvation. I think about this in context with when Satan had his five I wills. I will ascend. I will receive the glory. Satan's five I wills was all about himself, but here's God's response. And his I wills are all about his people, saying, I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them. I will honor them. I will satisfy them. What is he saying? He's saying, I am coming to strengthen my people, strengthen their faith, strengthen their families, that we will not be stuck in a shallow form of Christianity, wallowing in weakness, but that we get a strength of righteous rebellion on the inside of us, reserved for God's appointed time. The church of Jesus Christ is who it is, called by God despite anything else going on around it. The fourth quality of the remnant is this. The remnant are renewed. The remnant are renewed. This past year proves this point that God has so been with his people. Think of this great verse, Psalm 103. The Bible says, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. Forget not his benefits, says the psalmist. I think of even this past year, how much God showed up to resource, to renew us in our time of trouble. I think it's a miracle that we were able to have church outside in our field for like 20-something straight weeks. I don't think that was a small thing. I think that was God renewing the remnant, providing for us when we had no idea what to do. Every step along the way, God, God showed us the thing to do, the step to take. I, I think it's amazing this year we were able to pay off the debt of our church. It's amazing. He's renewing the remnant. Our church has grown stronger in their families, stronger in their faith. And I'm not saying this just to brag. I'm, I'm saying this because this is, what, this is what you can be a part of as well. That just because this is an age of difficulty or an age of godlessness does not mean that gets to identify who we are. We're identified by Christ, renewed by Christ. I think even last week something amazing happened. Not something I wanted to happen, but it was amazing nonetheless. We were meeting outside uh, on Sunday morning in our field. It was great. But we came into the building and we realized that the power was uh, low. It wasn't really fully out, but it was low. The lights were flickering. We weren't sure what was going to work, what wasn't going to work. The AC going to work? Are the cameras going to work? Lighting, microphone. But you know what's so amazing is we had already planned to have church outside. It's almost like God is really in charge. It's almost like he chooses to resource his remnant. I, I see it almost like, you know, that shell game where... You know, there's a pearl in one of the shells, and they keep moving it around. I feel like God's that way. He knows what needs to happen. We have no clue. But if you just trust him, he'll keep moving you. He'll keep moving you. And so we go outside. We had a great church service, and we're able to hopefully work on the the electricity. So it's all going to be working this week. But I just think, wow, this is just like what it was last year, where God has led us every single step of the way. Why? Because God renews the remnant. Yes, he refines 
Yes, he removes, but he also renews and leads and guides and helps because we are his people. I want you to notice the words here. These are the promises from God. This is what he says. He says, this is what I'm going to do. Forget not all of his benefits. Here are his benefits. He forgives. He heals. He redeems. He crowns. He satisfies you. This is who God is. So God says, stick with me. And this is what I provide. And don't forget it. I would even encourage you to practice recounting the benefits of God throughout your day. When you get in a car that you really shouldn't have even been able to afford, say, God, thank you so much for this car. When you drive to your job, thank you, God, for this job. Thank you, God, for my home. Thank you, God, for my family. Thank you, God, for my health. Thank you, Jesus, for my forgiveness. I was the bad fruit that should not have been chosen. But, God, you chose me because because of grace. Thank you, Lord. I remember who I was, and I'm thankful for who I am now because of your forgiveness, your redemption. He crowns you. He's given you authority. He's given you leadership. You think different than other people. Not because you're a genius, but because this is the word of God over you. He's crowned you with steadfast love, with mercy, with a a new way, a different way to live. And the Bible says, say that over and over. Say that over yourself. So when you begin to go slip back into your old life or your old way, recount how good God has been for you and stay in the remnant. Stay in the pocket. Stay right under the covering and the anointing of God. It doesn't matter what they are doing. It doesn't matter what she's saying. It doesn't matter what your cousin's doing. It doesn't matter what your friend used to do. It, it, that, they're not the ones that forgive, heal, redeem, crown, satisfy. He is. So stay under the shadow of the Almighty and let him lead you as his remnant. Jesus is the way of the remnant. And Jesus does promise, yes, that there will be a narrow gate and the way will be hard, but yet here's the end. It will lead to life. So I want to encourage you today. It may be lonely at times, it may be difficult at times, but God is still good. And God reigns on the throne and he reigns over your life and he will comfort you in pain and he will be faithful through trials and surely he will lead you His mercy will lead you and his goodness will lead you and and he'll lead you by still waters and he'll restore your soul and he'll hold you in his hand a remnant. You are who he's coming back for. But let your faith be, be vibrant, real, active when he arrives. I think the church, the church, the greater church is at a crossroads right now. Christians are at a crossroads. Will we choose comfortable conformity in culture or radical devotion to Jesus despite difficult circumstances? Will we be the remnant that confess Jesus, walk with Jesus, no matter what trial we face? I pray that you are part of this remnant, chosen, refined, reserved, and renewed, that we grow closer and closer to our eternal home and our eternal Savior, who is Jesus. If you want to dedicate your life to Jesus, why don't you go to this page, awakeningchurch.org slash Jesus. There'll be a prayer on there. You can pray it. Let us know. Email us. We'll get connected with you. We'll pray the sinner's prayer with you. We'll help you get connected into a good church and begin to get 
connected into the life of following Jesus, joining in to the remnant church. And if you are here and you are a follower of Jesus, today my challenge to you would be this. Dedicate yourself on another level to Jesus Christ. Make sure you're going to church consistently. You need it and they need you. Make sure your family, as much as you have a say in it, is a family that reflects Jesus Christ. That there's peace in your home, stability in your relationships. And if you need help in those areas, get a good pastor, get a good counselor. Don't give up, dig in and say, no, God's promises are for me. And so I want it reflected in my family and know the word of God. Read it every single day. If you wanna dig deeper, go to awakeningyou.org. If you begin to dedicate yourself like that, you will be part of the remnant church. And I believe your faith will grow stronger and stronger until the appointed day when either Jesus comes or you see him in heaven. But either way, you'll hear these words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen? God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.